to the Behavioral Switch. I'm your host, Elizabeth Krantz, published author, behavioral therapist, graduate student, and the Behavioral Mindset Coach. Let's change our lives one behavior modification at a time. Welcome back to the Behavioral Switch. I am so excited that you have decided to join me today. We are starting our new series, The Founding Fathers. And I said this last week, but it is so important to understand the history. It's important to understand the history of anything in general, but especially when it comes to psychology, because these theories are what set the fundamentals for all of the research and the knowledge that we have now. If it weren't for Ivan Pavlov and Skinner, Thorndike, Watson, all of these men, we would not have the information that we do today. And so many people would not be able to benefit from ABA therapy, for example. I currently work as a behavioral therapist. I work with toddlers who have autism and other cognitive uh, processing disorders. And it is these theories and these fundamentals that allow me to help these children build the foundation for developmental success for their, you know, as they grow up. So it's incredibly important that we talk about these men and talk about the contributions that they have made. And today we are starting off with Ivan Pavlov. And if you've taken any type of Psych 101 in college, uh, behavioral psychology, or maybe even an AP psych class when you were in high school, at some point or another, you are going to talk about Ivan Pavlov. And so the story begins in 1849. Pavlov was born in a little town called Ryazin, Russia, and he actually was a Russian physiologist. He was not a psychologist, which is going to be important to note later on. But Ivan was born to a very religious family, his father being the village priest. Pavlov was educated through his village church, and he even went to theological seminary to become a priest himself. However, in 1870, Pavlov abandoned religion and focused his studies on physics and mathematics. Pavlov was mostly interested in physiology, specifically digestion. His hunger for knowledge led him on a journey to obtaining a doctorate's degree, His research in nervism established the foundation for research on the trophic function of the nervous system. After the October Revolution, the Communist Party and Soviet government provided Pavlov and his associates unlimited resources and funds for his research in physiology. During that time period, I can't even imagine what that was like to have your government come to you and say, hey, we're going to give you any and all of the money that you need just so that you can continue your research. I mean, what an honor that must have been. Part of Pavlov's interest was studying a learning behavior called the conditioned reflex. The conditioned reflex is really simple, guys. An animal or human produces a reflex or a response to a stimulus and over time is conditioned to produce a response to a different stimulus. We're going to break that down a little bit. This Conditioned reflex and Pavlov's interest in the conditioned reflex is what leads us to his experiment with his dog. Now, Pavlov noticed that his dog would salivate when his food was brought out. The smell of the food would trigger salivation, which for any animal or human, you know, if you're hungry and you smell pizza cooking in the oven, you're going to salivate, right? Pavlov wanted to know if the salivation was a response to the food 
and if the dog could produce the same response to other items besides the food. Pavlov began pairing the sound of a metronome, which we will call neutral stimulus, with the food, which we will call the unconditioned stimulus. Pavlov would start the metronome right before presenting the food to the dog. After some time, Pavlov slowly began taking the food away when he started the metronome. We call this fading in behavioral uh, therapy. Pavlov then set the metronome but did not present the food and found that the dog would salivate simply to the sound of the metronome. The metronome went from a neutral stimulus to a conditioned stimulus, and the salivation went from an unconditioned response to a conditioned response. Pavlov found that for associations to be made, two stimuli needed to be presented together. If the time in between the pairing is too long, the association will not be made and the attempt to pair the stimuli will be unsuccessful. Pavlov's discovery set the course for the school of behaviorism and is coined classical conditioning. It is no wonder that the great mind of Ivan Pavlov paved the way of behaviorism through his interest and dedication in the field of physiology. Pavlov died in Leningrad in 1936. So that is a little bit of history of Ivan Pavlov. And we're going to get into classical conditioning in a few more episodes after we talk about Watson and Skinner and some unethical experimentations that I'm really excited to talk about uh, just because the research is absolutely fascinating. But you can think about classical conditioning in this way. When you were in school, there was a particular sound that you would hear that would let you know that something is about to happen. Maybe it was the first bell of the morning. You knew that school was about to begin. The example that I like to use with people is the lunch bell. I don't know about you, but the lunch bell at my school was different from the other bells that would ring out throughout the day when classes was over or when class started. And there were times that I can remember that I wasn't even really hungry or I didn't even think that I was hungry until I heard the sound of this bell. And all of a sudden I was hungry and I never really understood that. I just thought that was normal and it is normal. Everybody experiences it in one way or another, but it wasn't until I learned about classical conditioning that I realized, oh my goodness, I was conditioned to become hungry, even if I didn't think I was hungry, when I heard that bell, because subconsciously I knew that that bell meant that it was lunchtime. And there were so many other examples. I use a lot of auditory examples because those are the ones that uh, sit with me the best. Another example is if you have a ringtone that you've set specifically for one person, I read somewhere that this guy set the Darth Vader theme, you know, dun, 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 um, for his mother-in-law. And so every time he heard that ring, he knew it was his mother-in-law and he would just feel the sense of dread because he, I guess, didn't have a good relationship with her or something. But that's another really good example of an auditory conditioning. Um, I'm sure that you can think of many examples where either it was a sound, maybe it was a smell, maybe it was a, a sight or um, somebody said something to you that triggered a memory that produced a certain behavior. And that is all conditioning. And later on, 
I'm really going to dive deep into how we have been conditioned because we don't realize it. And I work in this field, so this is something that I think about literally all the time. But the majority of people just kind of go about their life. They don't really think how their current behavior in their adulthood or teenage years could have been a result of being conditioned when they were little. From the moment we are born, we are conditioned to behave in certain ways. If you were like me and you grew up in a very religious household, attended church every Sunday, maybe even went to church meetings on Wednesday nights or Saturday nights, small group meetings. Uh, I was a part of a all girls, kind of like a Christian Girl Scouts. Um, we were called the Missionettes and when we would meet on Wednesday nights. And even in that, in the church, you're conditioned, especially children are conditioned to behave a certain way. And of course, it's all good. You know, be nice to your neighbors, treat others as you would treat yourself. We always share, etc. But we don't realize that that is a type of conditioning. And I'm really excited to talk about that later on. So after talking about classical conditioning, I do have a little bit of a homework assignment for you for this week. And that is to think about all of the ways that you think you have been classically conditioned. And you can use the example that I did with the school bell, uh, the mother-in-law one with Darth Vader, I just thought was really, really funny, but really re relevant to the topic. I want you to make a list, make a short list, could just be like two or three things of ways that you believe that you've been classically conditioned. And I would love for you to share that with me, um, whether that be, you know, sending me a DM on Instagram or through Facebook Messenger or emailing me at thebehavioralswitch at gmail.com. I am just absolutely fascinated by people's responses. When I talk to coworkers or friends about this, I always get different responses after they've sat down and really, really thought about it. So that is your homework for this week. Other than that, I'd really love if you dropped a like, left a review, downloaded my content, followed me, just really boosts the podcast. And I'd love to be able to reach out to more people as I dive into the deeper topics who may really need to hear what it is that I'm saying. So go ahead and do that. Tag me at the burgundy underscore rose if you're on Instagram or find me on Facebook, just Elizabeth Krantz. Take a screenshot of the podcast, post it, tag me. I'd love to see who's listening. And next week, we are going to be talking about da, 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 John B. Watson, who actually has the title father of behaviorism. Um, but I always love to start off with Ivan Pavlov because although he was a physiologist, he truly is, in my book at least, the founding father of behaviorism. So I'm really excited to talk about Watson and his experiments, especially little Albert, poor baby Albert, but we'll get into that next week. Thank you so much for joining me. My name's Elizabeth Krantz, and we will see you here next week on The Behavioral Switch. Thank you.